Welcome to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. We create one-on-one custom fitness solutions to achieve your goals without wasting time or compromise. We build and rebuild committed people so you can get out of pain, get strong, and get back to living the life you want to. We don't waste time. So let's get on with the show. Hey, hello and welcome to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. My name is Justin McClintock. Are you working hard enough in your training, in your exercising, in your workouts, in your programming? Are you working hard enough? We get this question a lot, especially from people who are just starting programs or have been a little ways into a program which isn't ours and are wondering why they aren't seeing results as fast as they could or And this is always an interesting twist. They are seeing results. They are enjoying it. And they wonder if they could get just a little more. Can we squeeze a little more juice from this orange? This is great. I love it. Can I go hard? This is also related to am I resting enough or too long? How are my warm-up sets? What? How hard should this be? When you say working sets, exactly what do you mean? All of these things fall under the umbrella of are you working hard enough? So let's talk about it. Let's start with the concept of working sets. At Feel Strong, if you get a program from us, everything is going to be a working set. What do we mean by that? Fair question. For us, depending on the client, depending on the athlete, depending on the goal, in general, a working set is a little bit of a challenge. So if you do a warm up, or if you do a set, let's separate, you do a set, you do five deadlifts. And it's fast and it's strong and it's easy. And you're like, yeah, I could totally do five more. That wasn't a working set, especially if we're warming up for sets of five. Now that same weight for a set of 15 with a five second eccentric, that may well feel like a significant challenge. So it's not necessarily based on the weight, but it's based on the stimulus. What kind of a challenge did that feel like? If we're working with weightlifters, meaning like Olympic weightlifters, or powerlifters, who generally the goal of both of those sports is a one rep max, right? The heaviest clean and jerk, the heaviest snatch, the heaviest back squat, bench press, deadlift. Those folks generally, to generalize, were staying in sets of one to three, sneaking up into five. That's mostly where the work gets done. For those folks, the general rule is you need to be at at least 60% for anything to count as a working set. Now, we will occasionally sneak in sets of 8, 12, 15, 20, depending on what we're doing, and make notes saying that your working set is going to be different here. But make sure that your sets are working sets. Now, depending on your training age, depending how strong you are, depending on how you're feeling that day, that may change. You know, if I'm at time of record, my back squat is about 365. It's been more, it's been less. Back squat, I think it's around 365. So for me, I always warm my back squat up the same way. I like going 135, 185, 225, 255, and that's about when I get to work. Depending on what kind of sets I'm doing, depending on what the rep scheme is, depending on what the tempo is, but around like 255, that starts to feel like a little bit of a challenge. Not that the other things I don't have to focus. I try and make every rep look like the last rep. I try and make them be beautiful. I make sure my core is engaged. I, I move as well as I can. But 135 really isn't much of a stimulus, so I don't count it as a working set. So working sets versus warm-up. Warm-ups are important. Working sets are where all the work gets done. Are you working hard enough? Well, this is significantly in relation to your goals. What are your goals? If your goal is to be competitive, if you are a competitive weightlifter, a competitive crossfitter, a competitive runner, any kind of competitive athlete, then we want to look at your season plan it out and understand when you're going to peak. Because ideally, the best quote-unquote workouts of your year are on the competition floor, whatever that competition floor is, platform, road race, etc. If you are working on live long and prosper, feel good, have energy, be able to play with my kids, sleep well, be able to say yes whenever I want. If I want to play a game of pickup basketball or go for a long hike or go on a, as I just talked to a client a few minutes ago, go on a bike tour of Aruba. I'm extremely jealous listeners. Then your goals are different. We are probably not peaking for an absolute, you know, 
red line twice a year, we're probably looking to work pretty hard some of the time. It should always be a little bit of a challenge depending on who you're working with and what your program looks like. Typically, we will build and build and build and build some sort of peak or test or retest or, you know, the top end of what we're working on, back off a little bit, give you some time to recover, change things up. Maybe we're changing movements or protocols and start again. So going through these waves of progression. Another way to judge if you're working hard enough is how it feels. And we've talked generally about two ways of measuring this. RIR or RPE. And we've talked about this before in other podcasts. So we'll make this relatively brief. RIR is reps in reserve. If you are doing an exercise, whatever that exercise is, how many more quality repetitions do you have left in the tank? If you do those five deadlifts, you're like, oh, I got 10 more in the tank. That's RIR 10. If you do five deadlifts, and you're like, ooh, I think I have one or two more. Then you make the call. That's either RIR 1 or RIR 2. I will often notate it as RIR 1-2. Related, basically the same measurement expressed in a different way is RPE, rate of perceived exertion. How hard was it? 10 is absolute max red line. You have absolutely nothing left to give. Most people never RIR 10, I mean RPE 10, pardon me, in training. We RPE 9, RPE 10 is absolute all out, usually to muscular failure. So how hard is it feeling? If you've never gone to failure, then you don't really have a good measure on your RPE. And that is not a judgment on your character. It's just a note on your training age and a note on the kind of training you're done. You have done, pardon me. We need to take you near and to the brink of failure in a safe, stable, coached environment to know what that feels like. And then you have a really good idea of what it feels like. So when you're doing back squats and you start to slow down, you know that slowing down is part of getting tired, but it doesn't mean you're done. Often when you slow down, you might have another rep or two or three left in the tank. And the more you train, the better you get at judging this. Are you working hard enough? You can absolutely work too much. You can go overboard and do a lot of damage, blunt the work you've already done, and make significant amounts of your program useless. You will get diminishing returns after a certain point in a training session, in a training week, in a training cycle. If you just go do more, 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 more. Sometimes we talk to people who, for whatever reason, suddenly they have time on their hands and they're motivated and they're like, coach, I want to do it. I want to do two a days for two hours a time at a time. I want to do heavy weightlifting and intense cardio and some cool multimodal functional fitness stuff. I want to go long. I want to go hard. I want to do all the gymnastics. I want to do all the skill work, all of it. More, 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 more. Because they have time and they have motivation but what they don't have is they haven't magically acquired the ability to recover more than they already can. We can only train as hard as we can recover. The point of training is to allow you to recover from that training. That's where you get stronger. So if you just keep pouring training into this cup and your cup starts overflowing, that overflow looks like fatigue, diminished returns, burnout, injury potentially catastrophe. More is often more. I have a colleague who I know other people have used the term. He's just the first person I heard use it, who loves the term junk volume. And junk volume is anything past the point of giving you usable returns is pointless. Oh, you did 10 sets of 20 back squats, huh? Wow, that's that's pretty intense. That's really cool. How many of those were useful? Depending on your training age, if they're all working sets, Four or five, maybe, depending. There's a range there for sure. But there's not a lot of people who are doing high-quality working sets who are still getting a lot, of the, out, a lot out of their ninth set. Pardon me. Long workouts aren't the same as hard workouts. Going for hours and hours in the gym, or especially if you're doing CrossFit-type stuff, or even just long cardio things, going long is not necessarily giving you more returns than doing shorter, more focused, more quality, more intense work. We understand this to a degree. We understand that the person who walks for two hours on a treadmill 
is getting some work done. Two hours on the treadmill, they probably already passed their 10,000 steps. They probably feel pretty good. Their legs are going to be tired. They're going to have some fatigue. They will need to recover from that. But if you do a focused, intense, 45-minute lower body resistance day, if you hit leg day hard, you will do more work. You will get more results. You will have to recover more than the person who did two hours on the treadmill. Now, these might be very different people in very different situations with very different goals. One isn't necessarily better. They're aimed at different things. Two hours on a treadmill is exactly the right thing for exactly the right person. But all things being equal, if you're just looking for the maximum bang for your buck, two hours on the treadmill probably isn't the place to live. Are you working hard enough? Are you mixing your energy systems up? Are you going short, medium, long? Do you know what it's like to do an all-out sprint? Do you know what it's like to pace for 30 or 40 minutes? Do you know what it's like to go medium? Are you doing interval work where you go at 90% and then rest almost enough from recover to recover from it and then go again and again and again? Are you doing tempo work, especially if you're a runner, cardio, distance, rower, that kind of athlete? Are you doing 10 miles at your marathon pace? Are you doing five miles at your 10K pace, et cetera, et cetera? Mix those up. You should sprint on a fairly regular basis. Sprinting is really important. I don't care if you don't want to go fast. I don't care if you're not interested in going quickly. Sprinting is incredibly valuable, and the stimulus from that ripples across everything else. Training short, hard, and fast will let you go long, moderate speed for a long period of time. That has a great relation. It doesn't work the other way around. If we only go long, slow, you will be unable to go short, fast. If you can go short, fast, there's a much higher likelihood that you're going to be effective long, slow. Mix those energy systems up. We're not going to do a deep dive into energy systems. You can look that stuff up, but there's three, and it's not a hard line that separates them. You don't only work on this one and only work on that one. Typically, we're blending at least two of them, but see what it's like to go hard for 10 seconds, for one minute, for three minutes, for five minutes, for 10, 15, 20, 30, 45. Break it up. Tempo it up interval it up. This is all useful. I think the last point I'm going to make about are you working hard enough ways to sort of look at this and judge this and measure this is to remind you that the fact that you are sore doesn't mean you worked really hard. The fact that you are not sore doesn't mean you didn't work out hard enough. There is a very poor relation to feeling sore and results. Meaning, neither is often true. People who are never sore can get amazing results. People who are often or always sore may not be getting any results. Most people are sore some of the time. And those are the people who can get it in their head that they should be chasing that soreness. That if they wake up and they don't feel yesterday's workout in a visceral way, if their movement patterns aren't changed, if they don't feel like they have to wrap something or lacrosse ball something or do an Epsom salt bath or something like that, that somehow they haven't worked hard enough. It's simply not true. It doesn't hold up to even the slightest amount of scrutiny. Being sore is being sore. It's expected. It's going to be a part of your training if you train long enough. It is not something to avoid at all costs as long as it isn't devastating. As long as you, as you can still you know, perform your activities of daily life and get yourself around, you may have to occasionally adjust training for it. If you find yourself having to adjust your training on a very regular basis because of your level of soreness, that's probably an issue that you should recognize. But being sore doesn't mean you worked hard and not being sore doesn't mean you didn't work hard. So take a look. Use these elements. Kind of unpack your program, unpack your training, unpack your training notes and see what it feels like. Are you working hard enough? I don't know. Are you doing work, working sets versus warm-up sets? Do you understand the separation? If you're spending most of your time on warm-up sets, then maybe not. 
What are your goals? Is your program built around your goals? Is it going to bring you in that direction? If not, then you may not be working hard enough or you may not be working in the right direction. What is your RIR or RPE on any given set, on most sets, during the week, during the training cycle? Do you watch those progress? Do you go from generally an RPE 6 or 7 up to an RPE 8 or 9 as things get harder and harder? Are you spending time collecting junk volume, getting caught in the trap of more being better when more is often just more, and now you're stuck in the death spiral of diminishing returns? Have you stepped into the booby trap of long workouts automatically being hard or good or quality workouts, going incredibly hard, going super hard all the time, avoiding recovery days? There's another trap. People who never take recovery days are working the best or somehow they're better athletes, better people, better exercisers. Very unlikely, usually not true. Are you mixing your energy systems? Are you going short, medium, long? Are you sprinting hard? regularly? Are you pacing for medium to long distances regularly? And are you sure that you're pursuing hard work and challenges and not just pursuing being sore? Think about those, unpack those, see how they resonate with your training, your programming, your workout notes. And honestly, I would love to hear from you. Reach out, shoot us a message at feelstrongfin on Instagram is usually the fastest place to get in touch. And I want to hear about how people are training, or if any part of this doesn't make sense, if you're unsure how your workouts, your programming, your gym, the person you're working at, the group program you're involved in does these things, reach out. We love talking about it. I am happy to help you break it down. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Justin McClintock. Feel Strong. Thank you so much for listening to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a five-star rating if you have the time. That makes a big difference. DM us on Instagram at feelstrongfit. Any questions if you just want to pick our brain. If you'd like more info, the website is feelstrong.me. We value effectiveness, individualization, and empathy. If you want to see what it's like to have an expert in the field, really listen and hear what you need to build you the perfect program to get you where you want to go, today is the perfect time to get started. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you very much.